Welcome to Your Excellent You, a self-development podcast for entrepreneurs. I'm Danielle, and I believe that success is achieved from the inside out. I'm a certified life coach with over a decade of experience running a profitable online business. Here's what I know for sure. Being an entrepreneur is a crash course in self-development. So I'm taking everything I've learned throughout my business building journey and sharing it with you. If you want practical, actionable insights to improve your mindset and grow your business, then you've come to the right place. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I am talking about the five steps to making aligned decisions, even when all of the options suck. This is actually a continuation of my last episode about how to handle unexpected change and come out better than before. And in that episode, I discussed a recent situation that came up in my business where I had to make a choice that I didn't really want to make. It was two crummy options, was not wanting to choose either of them, and I went through lots of emotional drama in the process of trying to pick one of these two choices. So in the last episode, I discussed specifically how the nature of a relationship I had with a professional organization had changed. And it required me to make the decision to continue my association with that organization or to end it entirely. And the details of that whole scenario are contained in the last episode. So if you want to hear about what happened, I suggest listening to that one first because it provides some context to this week's episode. Although you don't necessarily need to listen to it, it just gives you some of the more salacious details. This week, I'm going to share how I used my own aligned decision-making process to make my final decision about whether to continue my association or go my own separate way. Now, my particular situation involved what I felt like were two crummy options, which made it harder for me to figure out what I really wanted. But not all tough decisions are surrounded by challenging circumstances because actually deciding between two amazing options can be just as difficult. The process I'm describing today will help you become better at making aligned decisions when there's not an obvious winner among the choices, whether they are good choices or crummy ones. To begin the process of making a decision, it's important to do a quick self-check and become aware of what our mental state is before we evaluate the options. It's best to feel centered, confident, or even empowered when we review each of the choices. This is important because when we feel this way, our brain is able to evaluate the options from a place of objectivity, and that allows us to clearly see the possible desired outcomes of each choice without getting caught up in the emotional anguish of the undesired outcomes. For me and my decision to remain connected to that professional organization or to walk away from it, I reached the state of empowerment when I realized that my success was inevitable regardless of which choice I made. The decision at this point was actually how I wanted that success to happen. Again, you can learn more about that process I used to reach the point of empowerment in the previous episode, which it will be linked in the show notes. So you can just go there and click the link and listen to that. The next time you're faced with a tough decision, start by doing a quick check of your emotional state. Make sure that you're at least in a place of neutral emotions before you begin this decision-making process. Now that we've checked in to see how we're feeling, we're ready to begin the actual process of making a decision. The very first thing we must do, step one, is to eliminate the options down to only two choices. 
The reason we do this is to avoid information overload. When confronted with too many variables and too many outcomes, our brain goes into overwhelm. And in order to allow our mind to fully explore the options and all of the outcomes, we must constrain them down to only two choices. It's been my experience with both myself and this decision-making process and with working with clients that this is usually pretty easy to do. Third and fourth options tend to be outliers and not real contenders for actual consideration. If you find that you absolutely cannot eliminate and end up at two choices, here's what you do. Just pick two of the choices and pit them against each other using this exact decision-making process that I'm describing in this episode. Then take the winner of that, those two, and pit it against the next one and go back through the process. Continue with a process of elimination until you get to your one final decision. For the decision that I had to make, I only had two choices and they were, did I want to continue my professional affiliation with this company and forfeit future business opportunities or did I want to discontinue my relationship with them and forfeit current business opportunities? Those were my two choices. This is the point where most people with two choices would bust out their notepad and start writing a pros and cons list. And then they try to do this side-by-side comparison of the lists. And this is really, it's a great first try. And if it gets you to an answer, then by all means, follow that. But to be completely honest, often we don't get to our answer this way and may end up even more confused. We start to think things such as, this one will give me this, but that one will give me that. And our brain spirals into an infinite loop that consumes a lot of time but does not bring us any closer to a decision. It's here in step two where we begin to evaluate each option separately. No more comparing the two because we're going to go deep into each of the choices. In this step, we start by taking each option and we extrapolate it out to the extremes. We ask ourselves questions to explore worst case scenarios. Questions such as, if everything goes wrong, What does the end result look like if I pick choice A? Or you can even ask yourself, what is the worst possible thing that can happen if I choose this choice? Then we go back and explore the worst case scenarios of the second option. It may seem counterintuitive to talk about the awful things first, but there's a reason why we begin here. We explore the worst case scenario first because unacknowledged fear creates indecision. We are so worried about the bad things coming true that we won't even entertain the idea of what those things actually are. That's why this decision-making process works, because we face fear head on. Here's how the worst case scenarios looked for me. If I decided to continue my professional relationship with this organization and agree to their terms that change the nature of our relationship, I would be limiting myself to certain types of products and services that I could create for my audience of my customers. If they desired something else, something that I was contractually not allowed to provide for them, it's likely that they would end up going elsewhere to get those solution. It's reasonable to assume that they would turn to my competitors, to other coaches, because those coaches would not have the same limitations that I would, and they could provide products and services that I legally could not provide. 
Now, to be clear, I'm not worried about my clients going to another coach, to a competitor. I truly believe that if I'm not the right person for someone, they should by all means find their right person. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much we like someone. If we have a problem that we want solved, we will find someone to solve it. In my mind, I imagined it's like wanting someone to hang a piece of artwork in your home. If you have a phenomenal handyman who can do literally anything, but she's contractually not allowed to use a hammer, when it comes time to hang that piece of art, you're going to find a person who can hang that art for you who's allowed to use a hammer, even if that person is not your phenomenal handyman. This is what choice one would create for me. It would be limiting my options in creating products and offers that serve my audience, both now and in the future. And there are financial and creative implications to this. My ability to meet the needs of women would be restricted and my business would be negatively impacted financially and I as a visionary would be creatively stifled. This external and internal limitations could possibly stall my business to the point that it failed entirely. That's the worst case scenario for option one. My second option is to discontinue my professional relationship now and give up the opportunities it provides for me in this current moment. I would feel the effects of this choice almost immediately. I would no longer be considered for certain paid opportunities. I would lose the publicity that they provided and I would lose access to the exclusive workshops, trainings, and really amazing mentors. Essentially, I would trade pre-packaged opportunities for creating my own opportunity. And if I'm unable to create an equivalent amount of opportunities for myself, my business could sputter out and die. In both cases, my worst case scenario was having to close the doors on my dream. And if you're thinking that I'm really stretching it here, well, that is the point of this exercise. Get into the extremes and allow your mind to generate all the drama and all the doomsday scenarios that it wants. This step is about acknowledging our worst fears. This is when we have to ask ourselves a question that only we can answer. And that is, what am I actually trying to avoid? When I reached this point in my decision-making process, the answer was almost immediately obvious to me. Based on worst case scenarios, you might think I was trying to avoid the failure of my business, but that's not what came to me when I asked this question. I realized that my brain was doing everything it could to avoid one singular emotion, regret. Regret is something that I am quite familiar with. I've spent years beating myself up with that one emotion. And I was afraid in this moment that I would one day look back and regret the choice that I had made. And I won't go into my experiences about how I have overcome regret or how I specifically coached myself through this decision because that whole process will derail this episode. But I will say that the fear of future regret will zap your confidence in the present moment. It takes you out of empowerment and puts you back into resistance. Here's what you should know when you ask yourself the question, what am I trying to avoid? Regardless of what the answer is that you land on, your brain will do crazy things to avoid whatever it is. That's because our mind is biologically wired for certainty. It wants certainty that things will work out for the best and that the fears will not come true. 
In entrepreneurship and in truly all of life, certainty is an illusion. And that doesn't make our brain want it any less, but it does mean that we don't have to respond to the mental drama our brain creates when we can't have it. Knowing that I couldn't have certainty, but that I could choose to let go of my worst fear, regret, I knew it was time to move on to the next step, deciding. Now that we've spent some time exploring what we are avoiding, it's time to discover what we are pursuing. This is where we take each choice that we're deciding between, we isolate it, and we imagine the other extreme, the best possible scenario for each one. You may be tempted to skip over the detailed exploration of how it would look if everything went perfectly, but go as deep here as you did for the worst case scenario. What does your business actually look like as you live with the best outcome of each choice? And once you've explored that, ask yourself the opposite question from before. What am I pursuing? When I explored my future business with its thriving community of women entrepreneurs inside a truly supportive and collaborative environment and myself being the head of a dream team that would make the Avengers jealous, I imagined how it would look and feel with each one of the choices. In the choice where I did not continue the professional relationship and I stepped into that future, I felt completely autonomous. I imagined how fun it would be to always live in that creative space of exploring how I could help other women entrepreneurs and living in that space of possibility and unlimited options. It felt free and really exciting. For the other choice where I continued the professional relationship, I imagined having the same successful community and the same amazing team. But my relationship in the future, I realized it would look different then than it does now. I would no longer be dependent on them to provide publicity or opportunity because I was creating it on my own. And their role in my business would actually be quite minimal, except for one detail. I would be bound to an agreement that limited my ability to serve my audience in certain ways. And this choice, although it felt equally exciting to be able to have this amazing community and these wonderful team, it didn't feel quite as liberating. It felt like I I would have a glass ceiling that I created years before when I agreed to give up certain rights and opportunities in order to keep the connection for an organization that I didn't even have as part of the big picture of my business. I would love to say that this is the point where I made my decision through my middle fingers up in the air, turned my back on that organization, walked away, and lived happily ever after. That's not what happened. My brain freaked out and started backpedaling on what I knew was the right choice for me. I'm not surprised by this because my brain can be quite predictable when I take the time to notice its patterns. And here's our real growth opportunity. When our brain reacts like this, it's our chance to take the time and really understand ourselves at the deepest level. I walk myself in these moments through a series of questions that are designed to help me discover what I truly want for me. And I'll go through them now, but you can also find the list of questions in the show notes. There'll be a link that you can go straight to getting those questions. So here are the questions that I ask myself when I think about the option that I know I want to choose, but still feel uncertain 
about officially committing to the choice. First, I ask myself, what emotion is driving this choice? See, we can pursue emotions or we can avoid them. This distinction is the difference between feeling aligned with our choice and feeling trapped by it. And then we ask ourselves, where does this choice fall relative to my core values? We apply the same question to our entrepreneur identity and our overarching vision we have for our business. We make that comparison to find out where it falls relative to those things. Taking an aligned choice, even when it's not the choice we would prefer, it will always lead us to creating a life and business that is right for us. And we do that by knowing where it falls relative to our core values, our identity, and our vision. The next question is one that I struggle with often. Am I trying to find an elevator to success? What makes this hard for me is that I can sometimes want to bypass the work and effort, but still want to get the results as if I hadn't bypassed them. And I've said it time and time again, there is no elevator to the top. You have to take the stairs no shortcuts. You've got to do the work. And if we're trying to buy that shortcut, we may actually be buying disappointment in the long term. Now that we've called out a few emotional sticking points in this decision process and getting to understand what's really going on in our mind, let's move on to the next question. What would I choose if I wasn't afraid of either outcome? This is a gut check question and pay attention to your very first instinctive response. If there's too much going on in your mind, have someone else ask you the question and you may even want to ask them to phrase it as a yes, no question, such as, would I choose option A if I wasn't afraid of the outcome? Listen to that very quiet nudge that tells you yes or no. And if you're still on the fence with fully embracing your decision, there is one more thing that you can do to help you get clear. You can try it on by living with the decision for 24 hours. You make the decision and you decide that you will give yourself permission to reevaluate that decision in 24 hours. There are a couple of key details here. When you decide you're going to practice living with the decision, you have to immediately start taking action on that decision. Now, it can be an action that is reversible, but you do have to take some type of action to allow your brain to get comfortable with the decision that you've made. And the second part to this is that you cannot reevaluate the decision until after the 24 hours is up. You go all in for 24 hours. After that, you can explore the new thoughts and perspectives that showed up during that time frame. The last step in my five-step process, it will seem obvious, but like everything else, it's not as simple as it seems. Once we land on our choice, it's time to commit. There are two commitments that we must make. The first is to make a promise to ourselves that we will make the absolute best out of the choice that we've made. This means going all in on the decision. We're agreeing to look for the upside and embrace whatever benefit it may offer. The second is to commit to giving ourselves grace with whatever happens. There's a level of comfort in knowing that we've done the best we can with the information we had at the time. And that's why we must leave no room for regret, but lots of space for compassion. As for me, 
I decided to walk away from my relationship with that organization. And as I asked myself the questions that I mentioned above, I realized something significant about the difference between the two options. Staying in that relationship meant that I was letting an external circumstance create my internal shift. Leaving meant that I would make an internal shift in order to create an external circumstance. You've heard me say this so many times, but I firmly believe that success is made from the inside out. And I believe that with every ounce of my being. And if I'm going to make my big, my bold, my audacious dreams become my reality, I'd have to start with the internal shift. In one last attempt to appease my own mind, I always try one more thing. I reevaluate the decision by narrowing it down to its simplest form. And I do this by asking myself, what am I really deciding here? And in this case, for me, my decision boiled down to one question. Do I accept these terms and conditions? And the simple answer to that question is, no, I don't. With that acknowledgement, the drama in my mind ended and I felt an overwhelming sense of peace about the entire decision. That's when I knew that I was making an aligned choice because I felt peace about it. As of this recording, some time has passed since I made that choice and I am no longer connected with that professional organization. In reflecting back, I can see that my decision allowed me to step into the next best version of myself. And deciding this from a place of empowerment, it has created in me a new level of confidence and self-reliance that wasn't there before. I have a different kind of energy that I can't fully describe. This isn't to say that it's all sunshine and roses in my business. The fear of missing out is very real for me, especially when my coaching peers talk about the new training opportunities they have and the future in-person events they're planning to attend. But I know that the choice I made is without a doubt the right choice for me. So the FOMO, when it comes, it never lasts very long. I feel a a new level of self-trust that I've never experienced before. When it comes time for you to make a decision between two options where there is no clear-cut winner and you're trying to stay aligned within your own integrity, I hope you'll take the time to go through these five steps. Let your mind have the opportunity to explore, question, and freak the F out. Follow your curiosity and honor your intuition. But more than anything, I hope that you'll remember to trade regret for compassion and know that you are always doing the best you can with what you have, because that's all any of us can ever do. That's it for this week's episode. Bye for now, my friends. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for being here today. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a moment to leave a review. Not only does it help me, but it allows other entrepreneurs like you to find this podcast. I'll be back next week with more practical, actionable insights to help you improve your mindset and grow your business. Talk to you soon.